Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, Today, uh, before we jump in, we'd love if you'd leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those five stars do really help. Um, We'd also like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. Um, First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market. I'll get it out. Um, Not only are they innovative, unbelievable how shooting machines are, are, have changed. You know, I remember when they used to have those long metal racks coming from the court, Um, but how they've innovated, how they put the trainers right in front of you. It's unbelievable. So go over and check it out. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. There's nothing else on the market like it. Nowhere else are you going to get the bat phone to the person running it. No, you know, yes, they might do quarterly or monthly or weekly calls, but they're not, they're not on your beck and call. If you have a question, if you have an email, trust me, I will get back to you. I will respond. I will get on a call with you that day. So come over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. I want to surround the athletes with people of high character and expectations that go to the staff that may be guest speakers. Um, I wanted to put as many high character people in front of them as I can. Um, I want to be organized and prepared at all times. Um, have ath- uh, athletes that properly supervise and care for um, to be, this is in, this is huge is to be a great ambassador of our program and our school system. I think that. Yeah. Quote unquote, your own players are your best recruiters because they're marketing your product or your brand. I I agree. I mean, that's they're ambassadors. They're, they're Mm -hmm. the ones that the little girls want to look up to and want to become. I know. Absolutely. I mean, we go, um, you know, we, we try to go down and uh, mingle with the elementary kids and, and do a lunch buddy system and, and those type of things that, that just, it gets our kids out one gets our kids out and being recognized within our school system, but our kids, you know, those, those younger kids are fired up to see who our kids are and, and see them. Um, but we want to be great ambassadors uh, and we want to sell what we do. 
Um, we want others to envy that. Um, and then promote. I think that's a huge thing in coaching is you've got to promote not only your kids, um, like we talked about on social media, and not only your program, like we talked about on social media, but you've got to promote your staff. That is huge. You've got, if your staff is doing great things for you and, and they aspire to be head coaches in the future, you've got to promote them within and sell them just as much as you yep. sell yourself yep. and your own program. It's like being a freshman player and a sophomore player and then a varsity player. The coaches want to do the same things. You want coaches like that. You definitely want coaches like that. And you, you hit it on the head earlier saying, you know, you wouldn't be where you are if it, you didn't have the staff. I'm not naive to that. My guys are phenomenal uh, and, and they are going to be great head coaches and I would do anything in the world to help them reach their goals. Right. And, and I, as a coach, have got to promote that not only to yes. um, our kids, but other coaches around our area that ask and, and through um, just giving them a sense of ownership within our program. You know, I think it's important that I'm not the only, I'm not the only brain in the office that right. I've got to take, I've got to value, or excuse me, I've got to um, take what they say and, 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 and respect it hear it I've got to make the final decision but that relationship grows over time as well and and our coaches right now I mean my assistant coach Reed Smith is 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 the best scout person I've ever seen at any level um his attention to detail is the thing is when you find a good staff I've said this in other podcasts I I mean I talk like 30 percent of practice now or 40 percent of practice because we are like a well-oiled machine and I, I literally, I have a, I have an assistant coach if Nate's listening that does my scouting. Like he does, he comes, he, it's like a college program. I, I, we try to run it that way. Like he takes that team, he takes it. And then he comes back to me, gives me the information, gives me the clips, blah, 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 the scout. And I go through it and then I'll ask some questions and I'll go through it with the team. It's unbelievable. When you find people like that, find their, what I tell coach head coaches is find your assistant coaches superpower too. Like, mm -hmm. Like my, like Nate is a great organizer. He's a great X and O guy. He, he's great at scouts. Those are his superpowers. I'm going to feed his superpowers because it makes all of us better. It makes him better. Um, so that, I think that that's a life lesson, but uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, every, every coach has their own knack, like what they're great at. And I think you, that's, that's a great reference to, you know, finding what they're great at and utilizing it because and, and you know this as a, as a head coach, the, the kids don't always come to me for everything. Sometimes they'll come to your assistant. And uh, Good cop, bad cop. Sometimes you yeah. got to be bad cop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think putting them in front of our kids in a, in, a, in a head coaching style, like letting them – like I do some things in our practice plan that they drive home the emphasis rather than me. They need right. to hear their voice sometimes over than me. Now, they're fine-tuned to my voice. Right. However – they need to understand what he's doing um, is important as well. You use a whistle practice? I do. I do use okay. a whistle. Uh, I'm not whistle driven on on control sometimes. Um, I don't. I, do, use, I haven't used one in 25 years. I, I'm a whistle guy. I, I think know why? It, because I want them in tune with me. Yeah. Like I don't care if the whistle. I don't care if the whistle goes off in a game and it blows. You know, half the yeah. time the whistle's wrong. Yeah, I think I don't want to be whistle driven. Like I don't like to stop. Yeah. practice a lot I try not to stop especially through mistakes they gotta learn through mistakes and but 
I think I, I think it's just a personal thing for me because you know usually when a practice goes bad and I start to get frustrating, that whistle starts to get I start to chew down on that whistle a little bit harder. So I think it's just really for me more than it is for the yeah. purpose of the whistle. But yeah. um, but the last thing I think is is extremely important for a coach, any coach, whether young, old, is understanding your why. I believe it's ex- extremely important to understand why we do things um, because if you don't, you lose you lose the end focus of what you're really doing it for. In everything. Like I can tell you from the, from the, the coaches I've been talking to about practice, like you should ask about why you do everything. Like why are you getting on the bus that way? Why are you mm-hmm. – like everything should have a why. Um, sometimes it's hard to come up with the answer to the why, but everything should have a why. I think that's great. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And if you don't, it's like you talked about earlier, it's like you lose that motivation to, but here's my why. My why is that I feel like every athlete deserves a coach who believes in them. That's, I think that every, every athlete deserves something like that. And then it's obviously to me, it's bigger than ball. This picture here is for pancreatic cancer. We had a, a, a mama close to our program that heard lost her daddy pancreatic cancer. She does this huge, um, huge fundraiser week and, and we dress in purple. Well, all of our kids get dressed up in purple. That has nothing to do with basketball. Right. But um, it has everything to do with um, supporting others and being there for others. And it, that is my why. Well, I, I, man, I tell the youth coaches that are listening, you do not want to be a kid's last coach. that should be your goal in life like obviously as head coaches in the high school level we might be their last coaches just because of ability but I never want to be a kid's last coach like when I was a youth coach I always thought about that I don't want to be the last one I want them to love the game and keep playing it so um so yeah so your contact stuff I will put I'll put all this in the show notes so if people want to get a hold of you and or call you or tweet at you or yeah you have snapchat coach Sounds good. Do you have Snapchat? Do I have Snapchat? I do not, man. I do not. Okay. I probably should. You, but... you should. You should. Like, <laughs> so I, I, I've only had it for two years, and I'm an old dog. But I got it. Had my assistant set it up for me, and I basically have a chat, and they call it like it's Coach Collins with Coach. They have, a, they have a chat with Coach, and it's like highlighted. So they know when they're snapping and that one, I'm on it. And then they have one without coach. I don't know. I just, I have a Facebook and I have Twitter. And yeah, I have Facebook, they're not on Facebook though. The parents are on Facebook. The kids aren't on Facebook. I have an Instagram. They like Instagram. Really, Instagram's good. It's just to monitor really them. It's not really to, it's Instagram's not Instagram's really good for pictures and stuff like that. TikTok's kind of, they're kind of on That's TikTok. the big, yeah, that's the big deal. And I, I'm sorry. Some of these things that I just... As it evolves, I don't know if I'm ready to evolve with it. I, I just try to just because I, I was doing TikToks for like two for like a month when this quarantine started, just so they could <laughs> see me like yeah. that, you know, me being funny and doing dad jokes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. So some questions for me. Tell me. Um, tell me your coaching philosophy in one sentence. Uh, just coaching philosophy in general. Yeah. You're, you're in one sentence. I think it goes back to some of the things that we want to we want to. We want to build, I want to put a product out there that our, our community and our players and our coaching staff can be proud of. Okay. That's, that's a perfect, um, <laughs> what, what do you think your biggest challenge is? As a head coach? Yeah. Um, I think, I think biggest challenge is always going to be, um, I think the biggest challenge for me is never feel like I, I know everything. 
um, is always coming, continuing to be, a, you know, the cliche word right now, the high word is a lifelong learner um, and, and never settle with just mediocre. I think always trying to challenge myself is my biggest challenge. Um, um, I like to push myself farther than, um, you know, than to be expected probably, but I want, I want, um, I want to be great at what I do. However, I don't want to be overly complex at what I do where, it, where I screw things up. Um, and so I want to, I think the biggest challenge for me as a head coach is just continuing to better myself every year, um, continuing to promote my program, to continue to be successful and relevant. Like we talked about earlier is you want to be relevant. You want to be, you know, not, not for me, but I want to know, I want everybody around us to know what, what we're doing in P Ridge and what we're doing as a school district. Yeah. I think the lifelong learner thing, I wish I knew as much as I did in my twenties. Cause I thought I knew everything in my twenties. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think I know anything now. So it's one of the reasons I started the podcast. I wanted to learn more things. So yeah, I think lifelong learner, you know, that growth mindset, it, it is the kind of the thing mm -hmm. to say, but yeah. it's true. You yeah. can see my, where we're doing my thing, all the books I have. Yeah, um, so it's, that's just kind of, um, is there one coaching moment that we could dive into f f that would be a learning, uh, learning experience and a, a success, a failure, uh, a moment in your coaching career that would intrigue or allow the listeners to learn something? Um, I think two years ago, you know, like I said, the maturation of our, of our offense and evolution of our, of our offense and where it started to where it's gone. Um, for me, a coaching moment to where I kind of knew exactly where we wanted to go and where it kind of, it was like the, um, for us, um, you know, I look at my boys coach and he runs a lot of sets and, and set plays and stuff like that. And I'm a set play guy. I like set plays. I mean, we've had a bunch. When I transitioned over to women's sports, um, we couldn't run a whole bunch because um, – not because they couldn't learn it, but it was just a lot for them to remember. Right. Um, and we have to create this environment of playing all the time because, like, guys, they'll get out and play pickup and, and all that. Girls, you have to force that a little bit. Um, and so it's, – it's, it's my whole theory, like, when they're in fifth grade – a boy has street cred if he can play hoops on the playground at recess. Girls don't have that. It's different. It's a, it's, it's a different, like, and I think hopefully that's changing. Um, but boys, that's like a hierarchy of when you're an athlete in like, I can see it in the elementary schools. Yeah. I mean, and there's no I, I, social, there's no social prominence when you're a girl and you're, you're doing that. I think that's changing, and I think maybe in 20, 30 years it'll even be better. It's a, but it's a, it's a trending deal. Um, it's a trending. Have, it's trending you, up. You have your you have your classes that do do that. Like yes. I've got a group that that did do that at that right. age, and then um, you have those ones that are interested in other things. And right. so um, capturing that lower so you can try to do that is important as a head coach. That's hard because you've got it. That's that's something that's taught. Yeah, that's not something that you just do naturally. I think that's taught. Um, Parents are a big help during that during that process of creating that. Of letting, I mean, nowadays, like they come in and play video games and blah blah blah. They never go outside, and um, you have to you have to teach that and and make that um, something that's important to your program. But, What's up? Go ahead. Oh, back to your question. Yeah. Um, so um, during the evolution of our offense, we had a couple years ago. We were we were I had a kid. It was kind of a cool uh, sequence of events that happened. I had. 
um, that kid that I showed you that playing college ball that we went and watched, um, we were down three points with uh, six, six seconds, something like that. And we had the full court to go. And I had one time – or I had two timeouts. And the coach that we were playing ran a, a zone defense and man, had gone to both, uh, played a 3-2 zone, and then had gone to man, switching man. And so I wanted to run out of the net a transition offense set without burning the timeout with six seconds. The ball goes through the net, the free throw puts him up three, and I wanted to go. Well, at the free throw line, I'm, I'm talking to my point guard at the time, and I said, hey, Holland, we, let's go with this. And, uh, you know, I, I just called out. And Holland, my best player, all-state player, looks at me and goes, oh, my gosh. What is that? And she flinched, and she had a moment of, of uncertainty there. The brain farts, basically. Yes, yes. It's one of those things that just happens. That, yeah. that bothered me because yeah. um, I felt like we had run that in practice. We, had, you know, we, we do transition all the time. Um, but if my best player flinches, then I know my other four are not going to be have the confidence as well. So at the time – Ball goes through the net, I burn one. And I'm like, man, I really didn't want to burn it. I really at least wanted to get to half court. I didn't want I didn't want them to set what I wanted them to stay in the defense that we're in. So, but I felt like if I we were just gone, I don't know if we would have got the outcome right. that we wanted. So I tell them I got one more. I tell them I said, we're gonna advance it. It was only a 30-second timeout, and I wanted to use my full of the second. So we're gonna advance it to half court and then we're gonna run it off the side. That way I can kind of see what they're in. Well, I drew up a set play off the side for a zone, a set play off the side for a man. And, uh, you know, everybody's good. We're all ready to roll. We get on the sideline and um, my best player again thinks that they're in man and I'm telling them which one to run versus zone because they are in zone. And uh, they, she thinks they're in man, so she runs the man set. And my, my point guard runs it correctly and realizes, oh, that's not the action. And the clock's ticking down, clock's ticking down. Well, she heaves one up off the backboard from half court, goes in. We'd send it to overtime and end up winning. Got lucky and won. And so the whole point of this story was, is I looked at that and I said, I don't want, when I call out set plays that have meaningless, if I say, hey, let's run five or let's run Bama or this, right. that they look at me and go, what is Bama? And how do I correlate that to what we're doing? And so we took our language and trans, we, we took our language and, and, and built it even further and we went all action driven. And so when you see, um, when you see me yell out a verbiage of what something is, if I yell out bang, well, bang may be a ball screen in our motion offense. Right. And, right. and so, or if I, you know, I have a, um, number system with it as well for floors and positions right. and, and we went completely positionless um, it was still running our same offense but we changed our language and so now without them knowing I'm running set plays without them saying hey right. it's and, there, and there's not the stress of it because it, what and, and people are listening to this years from now we're in the we're in the quarantine stage right now but kids kids deal with stress differently like 
and you don't really know how they're going to deal with it until they're put into it. I mean, we can try to simulate it in practice, but you didn't know how your star was going to react. To it's, that. it's not her fault. It's, it's, it's not her fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I take but, 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 but you, you probably practice it and she probably knew it. And then something happened in that, in that yep. stress of the end of the game caused her to react. She I see it in my house. My kid's going to a little Ivy. He's super smart. He's going to Middlebury. He is super unmotivated. He has been motivated for 18 years. He is a great student. He's super unmotivated right now because you know what? He's under stress. He, this isn't, he's not seeing his friends. He's graduating from high school, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I could care less about that at this point. Um, but, but I didn't know how he was going to react to it. Some kids are, some kids want structure. They want more work. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's not against you or her. It's just like, you didn't know that. that and that's the, that's for the young coaches. That's where you got to pivot. Like, yeah, okay. We, that had to, we had to build, we had to, we still kept our same philosophies and all that, but, I wanted to trigger that brain activity that when I, that action is called, that they know exactly what that action is. Right. And it, there had to be some form of correlation. And, and when you do that as a young coach and you're building, I mean, I, we built our own offense. Right. Completely built it. So did we. We, we, and, we, we, if you saw our offense, you'd say, oh, you know, and we used to run the swing and we used to run blocker mover and we used to run those things because we're Wisconsin. Obviously, that's huge there. <laughs> but, but we run, we run, we don't run the read and react, but we run the read and react. We don't run the dribble drive, but we run the dribble drive. We yep. have pieces of this that work for mm-hmm. our kids. So um, yep. Yeah, and and next year's team will probably run something similar to this year's team. But two years from now, I can tell you right now, we're going to be very guard heavy. Is yep. we're going to tweak it again because this will work here and this won't. So I love that because you're making them players. We too. have, yeah. I mean, and so we took our motion principles. We run some Jay Wright Villanova stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was a ball screen motion, but we took some of that ball screen action. We add, uh, you know, if we wanted to, we could put in a language for flex or we could put in a language for, um, flare screens or, um, you know, we, we would control that based upon what initial action that that would be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline what um all right next one what's the what's the hardest concept to teach i think the hardest concept to teach for us um especially when you're starting out is is teaching them the complete game um i think on the female side um because and i would say females and males there's not a lot of people that sit sit down and watch college basketball or, or, or or pro basketball anymore um and so understanding what what uh specific actions are like what is a flare screen what is a slip or a curl um you know what is a a back screen or a ucla screen they don't know that and so concepts like that you've got to break they're watching they're watching highlights that's what they're watching on youtube at least boys are or or they're watching one-on-one moves i mean boys are watching hey how did kobe cross over and and make that guy fall right And, and that's all they care about but um teaching the concepts of how, and, and like you said, read and react is the hardest thing. Like how to read the defense, that's huge. That's the, I would say, if, if I would say for girls basketball, the hardest thing to teach is how to read what they're doing, not what we're doing. 
Okay, so I love Rick. I've had Rick on my podcast a ton of times. He is truly an innovator, truly an innovator. Mm-hmm. It's like 500 hours to run his read and react. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got it down to 30 minutes. I think I can do it in 30 minutes. I just did a, I just did kind of a semi course because it's too, I always kid, I always kid him when I talk to him. I go, is that layer 72 or is that layer 97, Rick? Yeah. It's like, my guys can't remember two layers. What are you talking about? Like, um, so it's like keeping, it's the kiss method. Um, is what I what I think. Um, what's one thing one thing you've learned in the last week? Well, I think I think everything is probably extended over last farther than the last week is that um, with COVID, we've had to build kind of a, a virtual off season per se. <laughs> and uh, as you evolve and practice and stuff like that in off season, you can't stay stagnant now that we're not even in the in the gym. And so you better keep moving. You what are keep, you doing? On a side note, what are you doing for? Are you running any youth camps this summer? Well, no. Um, and here's why: um, we usually run a youth camp right as, as after graduation. We That's what we do too. Yeah, yep. We run youth camp, and we do second grade or first grade all the way up to seventh. And yep. um, it's a big fundraiser for us too. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yep. Sounds yep. similar. Yeah, and so and we bring in um, you know a bunch of businesses. We have about probably fifteen sponsors, and we can't do that right now. Um, we can't ask those businesses to sponsor one because of the economy. That's not fair right. to our community. Um, two, it's hard to ask those parents to make those payments as well. Yep. And so um, this summer, no. The answer is no. I think when we get back to school and have some. We're, so, so we're not either. The reason I ask is because my phone binged here. Um, I sent out an email last night because I basically canceled ours because we're on, if you've read anything about Wisconsin, we're, we're not on a stay-at-home order, but where yeah. I live in mm-hmm. Milwaukee, we yeah. are. And yeah. we will be till July. Um, mm-hmm. The two big cities at least will be. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to put my kids, I'm not going to put my staff, I'm not, we're not going into a gym. Sorry. Yeah. So I sent out an email yesterday. That's why I asked. And I said, Hey, here's what I'm going to do. I want to do a virtual one. Um, well, I'll, you know, I'll put some stuff up. I'll check in with your kids. Are you interested? And I'm getting about 50, 50. Cause I think they want something for their kids to do. I really do. Um, so we built, we built a virtual program. Um, and it's, we have, um, we have, we kind of go on like an eight block off season. And yeah. so, some of those things like we do, like obviously your skill, ball handling, fundamentals, yep. and, and form shooting and all that. And one of the things we did was competitive drills. That's on the end. We want to be competitive. Well, that's why we're in the gym. And so we had to be, we had to be really creative. Um, we stole an app, not stole, but we, we utilize an app um, called Home Court that our kids yep. do for the competitive because it's time and score. Yep. Um, those are, Home Court's great. Yeah. It's yeah. phenomenal. And, yep. and so our kids are really bought into that. That's just like one small piece of it. But the good, you know, I always try to look at the glass half full with some of this stuff. This sucks. We can't be, we can't be in the gym building our athletes the way we intended to. Um, that personal relationship part, if you're relationship driven, is very hard because you're not face to face. And so you've got to find ways outside of that. But this is, we've extended this all the way down into our youth club. And so like they get a sneak peek of what we're doing in our program. So those ones that are in our youth club teams, get to see what we're doing and so it's not like it's not like we're um not 
um, even though we're not getting to do the camp, we're still getting stuff down to our younger kids. Okay. Yeah. That's the key is what I think is the key is to get them something to do. Um, especially in the off season. Um, all right. So I'm going to give, go through my rapid fire here. I'll add a couple of these, but, um, so I'll just ask you a question. Usually it's a, it's pretty, I call it rapid fire because their answers are pretty quick tend to be, um, unless I jump in and then they tend to be longer. Uh, what's your favorite brand of basketball, the ball you play with the round ball? Usually the reason I say that is because I say brand of basketball and people go, I'm fast break. I'm slow down. It's like the actual ball. What's your favorite ball? Basketball. Did you guys have to go to the new uh, basketball this year? The orange? No, we used, we use a Spalding TK thousand or whatever it is. We usually use the waves. The wave is my favorite form of basketball. Okay. That's what, uh, I think it's Wilson. That's Wilson. Now somebody just changed, right? Like the NBA did. The we NBA did, we had to go off to, oh, what's it called? It's like it's like like what we used to play with in out in the yard. It's like bright orange. Really? And can't remember what it is. So, Arca- so the Arkansas State Association must have gotten a good kickback from these people. Somebody made some money. Yeah. Somebody made some money. I'm <laughs> telling you, whenever they change yeah. a ball, somebody's yeah. paying somebody. I'm yeah, telling some, you. Some company got. Uh, well, I know that our provider that provides most of our equipment, they they made a good chunk of money. Off yeah, somebody does because everyone needs to buy a new one. Um, what's one word to describe your ideal player? Tough. Okay. Uh, if you go to one sporting event in the world, what would it be and why? March Madness. Um, going to the local. I wouldn't even say probably the final four. Oh, the final. I took my son to the final four, and I hadn't bet in like 20 years. It was awesome to see yeah. Virginia win it and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. I would go to that just because it's a you, can spectacle. Watch game, you yeah. can watch game after game after game and be right in. I think that would be, you know, they did in Oklahoma city, I think last year. And, uh, um, you know, it was right down the road from right. us. And so, but it's, okay. um, that would be it. Uh, do you have a superstition? I'm not really a superstitious guy. I, I, I mean, I'm a baseball guy really, but I'm not, I'm not, not no. Baseball guys are the most superstitious. I know, of all. I know. I, know um, I, I take that back. This year when we were in our, our uh, regional tournament, it was funny because I'm usually not. And um, our bus was full. Our cheer had to go with cheer had to go with our girls down to the, the regional tournament. And, and me and my assistant and my intern and our athletic trainer rode in the truck. Well, we won. We had to win two games to get into the regional. And so we all rode down in the truck. Well, then we won that day. And so the next day we turned around and we had to play again. And so – we're all getting on the bus and there was room that time. And I said, no, we're all riding in the vehicle, vehicle. not changing anything. So I, I don't want to lie. I, I, I tell the story of Eaton, like on my first run at the state tournament, I think I, I had the, the first game of the season, I had like a number three at McDonald's <laughs> and we were undefeated until the state championship every day. Every day, I'm a creature of habit too. So maybe more than superstition, but creature of habit. Well, and I tell people, I they the, the boys say coach is super because I have to like to be a, I have to be the last one on the bus. There's some things I do, but I said it's not about I if I don't do it, we're gonna lose. Yeah, it's more about life. It's about the ritual. Like we're yeah. getting ready yeah. to play. Why mm-hmm. do I have you wear a tie to the to the day oh. of the game? Because I want you thinking about it. Yeah. Um, like it's I, more I about have, that ritual. I have to have um, cinnamon gum. Four game, like it's oh. a. Yeah, oh, if I don't have cinnamon. It's just if it's if it's mint, I'm, I'm out. Like see, I, I have I have to have gums. It, it keeps me from yelling at the officials more. <laughs> That's why I put it in, and then it will fall out once in a while. I'll pick it up, put it back in. The student body loves that. They go, Coach, that was disgusting. I go, 
Cinnamon gum or cough drops is yeah. usually what my go-to. Is. I don't know. I used to do that with the gum. I don't know with this COVID thing if I put it back in my mouth. <laughs> in the old days, I would. Um, one skill not being taught in today's game. One skill, uh, probably mid-range, mid-range jumper. And I told my son, I said, man, there's a golden nugget there in college if you can get a mid-range because it's open. <laughs> mid-range, everybody's high on free throws and layups. Um, yeah. or excuse me, three points and layups, three-point line and layups. So I think that mid-range is a whole golden gem for some coaches out there. It's, it's open. It's, it's open. Yep. Well, I mean, like, there's one team in our league that, like, we, we stat up. You know, we do a lot of statistics stuff and scout. But, um, you know, if I'm doing a shot chart on, on an opposing team, we'll take about five or six games before we play them. And most of our teams are in the paint or on the three-point arc. And so, so there's one team that just lives and dies by that 15-footer, and they're good. I mean, they're all good. And uh, and it's, it's the style that in which they play. But he's an old school guy. Like he's he he just retired. But he'd been coaching for thirty years, and so it just shows you that the game's evolved. But he hasn't, and they're still very successful around that. Mid-range. Right, and the thing is, it's open. Like those shot, he's probably getting. If you can, I mean, Michael Jordan made a career on mid range and bank well, shots. Closer, closer you get to the basket, the easier the shots are. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's a lost. That's a lost art. It is. Um, one thing you do to relax. I'm a spiritual guy. You know, I, I, I enjoy a church guy um, spending time doing that. So that's that's one way. I'm a big fisherman. I love to fish. Um, I used to funny. fish before I started coaching. Yeah. I used to fish. <laughs> I, I, have, I have, you know, we break our calendar up into a six-season calendar. I have, and I, I say it's eight because I go off-season, pre-season, in-season, off-season, preseason, in-season, fishing season. It's got to be hot in Arkansas in the summer, though. It is. When you get to August, it gets a little bit – it gets a little bit. We kind of – we're right in the middle, so you, you get all four seasons really well. You do. That's nice. That's nice. Um, uh, one coaching technique um, – no, no, I did that. Uh, best basketball player of all time? Easy. Michael Jordan. Best basketball player you've seen in person? In person, probably Joe Johnson. I watched Joe Johnson play when he was in um, high school down at Little Rock. Phenomenal. Okay. Uh, best game you've seen in person? Um, we had a team. We had a team in our conference. I was. We were. We were at a conference tournament. Now this is. I mean, I could probably go with college or whatever. But I had a team. They were down twenty-eight in in two and a half quarters. Down twenty-eight and came back and won. You remember those? I'm telling you. Oh, you, you don't forget yeah. them. I mean, and it was one of those things. It was like, it was. It was climatic. It was like a, I mean, it was like a scene from a movie. I, know. I mean, when it, it was, and, and that was to punch their ticket to go to the next round. It was phenomenal. You never forget those. Um, one word to describe your coaching style. Flexible. Okay. Um, best coach of all time. Shusevsky at Duke is is probably obviously gonna. I think that that's who I would look at. I mean, but there's so many good ones. There's there are. So it is. It's. It, it, it. This is one of the harder questions I normally ask. There's so many. I mean, I can. I can name. I can name so many. You know, pop. You can go pop. You can go. Yes. Wood. I mean, you know, like pop. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm a big Jay Wright fan. I, think I know. We, I mean, there's uh, lots of them. Trust there's me. Tons. Uh, one book you'd recommend? Would you? Would you use the one you were talking yeah, about before? I'd use that one. Burn your goals. I think. Um, that's a phenomenal book. If you haven't read that, it'll change the way you, it'll change the way you look at things. Okay. And then this is always the last question of the podcast is what would you tell a young coach or your younger self? If you could have a time machine and go back, what would you 
what would you say? What would you say to yourself 10 years ago? Or what would you say to a young coach that's listening to this? Enjoy the process. I think that's number one, um, because it is, it's a process. Um, very rarely do we, we land in situations where it's already established and right. regard, regard. And if it is, you're following a legend, which isn't going to yeah. be easy either. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no. And so just enjoy the process, enjoy the moments because those are what's going to make the year fun. Um, have that fire um, that you do for everything, have it in practice every day. Um, build your culture, build your brand. Yeah. You know, your kids and, and not just you, your kids need to know that. Um, it's the memories. I'm telling you, it's the memories. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, I've won, we, we, I mean, we've been to state tournament 10, I don't know, 10 times and won three state times. I mean, we've been there, but it's the memories, it's the things. Mm -hmm. that, you know it's the bus rides it, yeah. you know it's all those memories and that's what you i know, would we were we were down at state finals with the boys and i was the head girls coach at the time it was my first year but it was that first class that i had here and the boys coach he said hey i could really use you if you would i would like to bring you if you wouldn't mind sitting on the bench and i said sure you know i mean these are my kids i had right. them um he only had a two-man staff at the time could he use the help and um and so I, we get down there, and I just remember telling him, like, dude, just take it all in. Like, this is hard. It's, there's so many things that go into a state title run that have to go right. My best, my best team didn't win it. My best yeah. team didn't win it. I've, it didn't. It had three Mr. Basketballs. It had an NBA guy. My best team didn't win it. Yeah. The stars have to align perfectly mm -hmm. Got to stay healthy. You know, look at Virginia last year. Virginia won a couple games that they shouldn't have won. Mm -hmm. And they were a really, really, really good team. Very good, yes. <laughs> but the, but the stars aligned perfectly team. for them that year. You know? Other than Texas Tech, probably the best defensive team in it. Yeah. I mean, so it's like that's what that – so, I, yeah, I always tell people take those, take those visual pictures mm -hmm. um, and every – those are the memories, the, you know, the birth of your child, like, you know, the day you met your wife, all those things, those are memories. Those are, that's what you're going to remember. And I think you're right about the process, coach. All right. So you didn't, we didn't break the record as far as length goes. Cause I think the length, the record's like three hours, but we're, we're, we're in that good category. So I really do appreciate you taking time out to do this. This was great. It's, it's A lot of cold fun. nuggets. It's been fun. I, I hope to, hope to get to do it again. I'd love to. Love talking. I know we didn't get to X's and O's part. We'll get to X's and O's. I'll put you on the list. That's, that's always fun. So. Yeah, we'll do that. Awesome. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to support us, go over and check out teachups.com for coaches who want to get better. Also, subscribe and like. We do appreciate those. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.